Welcome to Full Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller, here with a special guest from Holland. Uh, Stan is the Senior Manager of Supply Chain Solutions at the Holland International Distribution Council. That is a big name and big it responsibility. It is, it is. So Stan, what, what is it that the uh, HIDC does? The HRDC is a, is a council based in the Netherlands and uh, we represent and promote the Dutch logistics industry. So um, we've been established over 30 years ago when more and more products were coming from overseas into Europe. And these companies that were manufacturing overseas, they were looking into where is the best place for us to get into Europe. And the Netherlands is, is, is for obvious reasons, a great location as it's very central, it had a big port. So they thought this is a huge, huge opportunity. We have to have an organization that goes abroad, helps companies settle down in Europe, in the Netherlands specifically, with their logistics operations. So we represent uh, about 300 companies right now. Um, half of them are logistics service providers. A lot of them you, you must know. Uh, actually, a lot of them are from the US. So uh, UPS, FedEx, XPO, CH Robinson, uh, Expeditors. They all have major facilities in the Netherlands and they use it as a gateway as well for their clients. A trade association. Uh, you could say it's a trade association. Chamber of Commerce of sorts. Uh, sort of, yeah. So we really focus on that transatlantic link between U.S. companies and the Dutch logistics industry, and we um, we promote, but we also do matchmaking. So when a shipper, when I talk to a company that uh, wants to get into Europe, so sell the products there, that we go and find the best partner for them. And uh, sometimes they want to have their own warehouse. We can help with that as well. So really, we are a broker between different sides, if you will. And uh, yeah, we try to find that right match and make sure that the U.S. company uh, has, has a good setup for the European market in the Netherlands. Now, in, Netherlands is a major logistics hub of Europe. Uh, the Port of Rotterdam is there. I got the opportunity to tour Flora Holland, mm -hmm. which I was... Just uh, my my wife, she insisted on this uh, uh, going okay. to the tour. But the amount of flowers that go through yeah. uh, that particular uh, location was was astounding. It is, and uh, it still is. It's it's the largest flower hub in the world. And what you see going in there daily, early in the morning, of course, and and going out there, it's it's just amazing. And it's it's like a like an ant's nest, you know. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's so dynamic what's going on there every day. And uh, well, recently they they obviously had their big peak. Uh, with Valentine's Day, and uh, it's just amazing how much gets in there from all over the world, from Africa, from South America, every day, and then uh, trucked out to mm -hmm. to the whole continent, and even flown out back here to the U.S. It was it was interesting because it was a financial markets in one sense of the floor, uh, word because they're trading flowers, yep. different type of flowers, uh, and it was a logistics. You know, ultimately yeah. they thought of themselves as a logistics operation more so than a trading operation, but I was enamored with the fact that it was sort of the intersection of both of those. Definitely, and uh, the Netherlands have been trading for hundreds of years. It's, it's basically our bread and butter. I mean, mm -hmm. we do have some manufacturing, but uh, more than 10% of our workforce is in logistics. Uh, more than 10% of our GDP is in logistics. So for us, it's a huge economic pillar, and we're really working on making sure that things like the flower trade 
is done as smoothly as possible. And the same goes for medical devices and pharmaceuticals. Uh, in a sense, it's a little bit the same, of course, as, uh, as flowers, because you have to track and trace uh, quite carefully. Often it's refrigerated. It's very time critical. So that experience that we had in the flower business, we're really using that for other businesses as well. Is that, is that where the logistics uh focus started? Is that why it started? Because of the flower business? It actually started earlier than that. So the first multinational company in the world is the East Indian Trading Company. Mm -hmm. And uh, it brought uh, herbs and spices from all over the world to the Netherlands. You know a little bit of American history. It's part of uh, a folklore of American history. So Right, right. Well, uh, there you go. And um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's what we've been doing since. So the first stock exchange in the world was in Amsterdam as well. It's just something trading is is in our blood and uh yeah we we try to keep it on that level still nowadays i mean um you you need to have a very stable and uh and facilitating environment to make sure these flows keep continuing right mm -hmm. there's a lot of things going on a lot of disruption in supply chain so companies are really looking at that stable factor uh, where they can rely on on things to keep moving so that's uh, that's what we're focusing on now a lot of conversation about brexit yeah. and the impact to eu one of the things when i was at floral holland a couple years ago this was brexit had been uh un, had been decided or voted on by uh the british voters but there was still a lot of angst on whether it would happen it was in the period where there was a lot of uncertainty yeah. it has happened it, has, it happened. has taken place you wouldn't say because it was fairly silent yeah so what but uh, what is the the concern was what would happen to the the, the flower markets particularly as yeah. it related to the british market what has been the impact of that in terms of trade with continental Europe? And yeah. Well, so far, uh, not really, because uh, uh, after Brexit happened uh, very recently, only three weeks ago, uh, there was a transition period. And in this transition period, it takes until the end of 2020, nothing changes, basically. The only thing we know is that Brexit uh, will have its effect after the transition period. To what extent is uncertain. Uh, so there's about nine to 10 months of uh, heavy negotiations. Um, and Boris Johnson, he said, it's not gonna take any longer than that. Mm -hmm. uh, so no extension this time, which means they have to work out some, some type of trade agreement between both blocks. And uh, the ideal situation would be that it would be something like the Canada-European mm -hmm. trade agreement, CETA. Mm -hmm. They've negotiated on that for seven years, and it was a lot less complicated because Canada is, you know, across the Atlantic. Right. And, and the UK is only across the channel. So um, there's, there's a lot of things that need to be negotiated. And we see there's a huge risk that there's still going to be some sort of a hard cliff edge type of Brexit at the end of this year. Does, does this help logistics companies? Does it make their job more important in the role of uh, understanding, interpreting, and dealing with these this uncertainty? Or, I mean, there's, there's, there's the negative side effect of mm -hmm. having to change supply chains and deal with disruptions and perhaps economic impacts. But in some respects, it creates a whole new economic opportunity. I would imagine yeah. that this is, there's some opportunities that have emerged because of Brexit. Absolutely. So 
first, I want to start by saying it's going to be have very bad effects for the Dutch economy, for the European economy, and of course for the UK economy uh, in, in a broader sense, because global trade is a driver for economy. And when you have these things happening, it's going to hurt us all. Having said that, of course, for the Dutch logistics industry, it's also a very interesting opportunity. So what we've seen in the last two years is companies uh, taking the decision to move their European stock from the UK to the Netherlands, hmm. or at least taking the part that is not destined for the UK. So a lot of US companies and also Japanese and Canadian companies, um, they, they started their European business in the UK because there's, there's a language proximity, right, and a, a cultural uh, mm -hmm. proximity. And now uh, doing their, their research, finding out that when there's a border between the UK and the EU that's going to disrupt their, their uh, distribution, they've decided to move that. So we've seen a, a warehouse boom, really, in, in the Netherlands. Um, millions and millions of square meters, so tens of millions of square feet, additional warehouse space has been built, and a lot of it is already full. And this is, uh, there's been a lot of warehouse in the U.S. as well because of the impact of uh, Amazon. Yeah. Is this, is this a, an exceptionally big growth that's bigger than the rest of Europe because of Brexit? Uh, I would think so. So, uh, of course, we we've, we've have been in economic good times, and mm -hmm. uh, the e-commerce uh, uh, boom, of course, helps as well. But um, uh, we, we are quite sure that uh, Brexit has had a, a very positive effect on, on the logistics needs that there are for shippers. And uh, as you asked about logistics companies, definitely they're, pro uh, they're, they're profiting from this, especially the ones that have plans in place. Mm -hmm. So they, they can talk to the shippers and, and help them with contingency plans. The consultancy industry has been uh, a big winner, of course. Um, and it's it's definitely short term. So there's there's been stacking, you know, piling of, of, of stock on both sides. But for the long term, I think, uh, um, the footprint of overseas companies in, in Europe has changed for the long term. Mm -hmm. So uh, UK will not be a European distribution center location anymore, where, where it was actually. But when you're outside of the EU 27 common market, that doesn't really work. Yeah, it's also financial. The financial, you know, London has been historically viewed as the world financial center. Mm -hmm. You know, it's London, New York, and Singapore. Hong Kong, it, it shifted from Hong Kong to Singapore over the last decade. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to whether London holds on to their, uh, you know, as the world's financial center, whether it holds on to that or not. It's going to be interesting to see how things shake out, yep. whether it takes a positive direction over time or negative, certainly uh, closing off your number one trading partner mm -hmm. uh, and putting restrictions, it does not help. No, and uh, we've seen especially financial companies and broadcasting companies making their move because of Brexit, uh, because of the rights that they have. You have to have your facility inside the European market. They're moving to Netherlands specifically? Or just into well, continental Europe? It's, it's gone to the Netherlands, to France, to Germany mostly. Got it. And uh, we've, we've had some, some big wins, if you will. So the European Medicine Agency, for example, came from London to Amsterdam. And following that, we get a lot of medical device, pharmaceutical companies setting up their facility because they want to be close to that, uh, to that EMA. Uh, same for broadcasting companies. They really like the cultural and, uh, and, and, and you know, the vibe that Amsterdam has. 
So they, they moved their, their operations to Amsterdam. They needed to move quickly because they need time uh, to get their licenses in place. Mm. For logistics, it's, it's a little bit of a different story. So yes, we have seen the move, but I think the, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So the bulk is still coming. They have their plans, and as soon as they're certainty, they're gonna move there. They're also stuff. gonna respond to freight demand. They're gonna wait until there's demand before they build uh, physical infrastructure. Um, IMO 2020 is getting a lot of conversation. It, it had a lot of conversation six months ago because of the impact of oil, particularly what's happened in China. Uh, we haven't seen this massive run in oil prices, which has not created uh, a massive run in, 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 uh, in fuels. I'm curious, what are your customers or your partners talking about? What are they thinking about as it relates to IMO 2020? Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. So for 2020, uh, I think uh, what's what's top of mind for 3PLs, for logistics companies, which are mostly in our member base, um, is what uh, potential trade wars uh, could uh, could have it for impact. Uh, so there's there's progress between US and China. So what will happen with Europe when that's finalized? Maybe at some point it might be finalized. Will then Europe be targeted? Uh, of course, there's a there's by by Donald Trump by the US. There's a trade imbalance. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's of course a lot of competition between uh, automotive industries on both sides. Um, a lot of exports from Europe to the U.S. and uh, that that might be targeted at some point, and that's going to really impact trade flows, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trade flows that we see in the Netherlands, a lot of it is from Asia. So currently, the coronavirus is is uh, really putting a damper on on those flows. So there's no direct flights between Amsterdam Airport and a lot of uh, European airports to China anymore. Mm-hmm. So those supply chains are disrupted. Same yeah. as here. Same as here. And the same will go for the port of Rotterdam. Uh, China is the main trading partner for the port of Rotterdam. So uh, they will see down the line in this year some some really heavy effects uh, uh, on that as, as well. Yeah, the Chinese factories are shut down. It's a, you talked about automotive being a big, uh, a big have, having a big presence in Europe, particularly around trade. Uh, the automotive manufacturers and the suppliers are shut down in China. So there's there's both the assembly of, of products where they're importing automotive parts, as yep. well as the exporting after uh, to the European uh, auto manufacturers is having a pretty big impact. Yeah, and I I think uh, the the Netherlands is particularly vulnerable because about 80% of our logistics industry is focused on European distribution. So final products or semi-manufactured products that come from overseas to the other European markets. it's, it's basically because we have that big port and uh, because we have the big economies right around us. So we have Germany in the east, we have the UK in the west, and we have France in the south, right mm-hmm. in the middle. And uh, when you know the inbound dries up, then there's there's a lot less work for us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's going. That's I think the main concern now, and it's only been a couple of weeks that we've been talking about the coronavirus. But that's that's really our main concern now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Certainly, uh, a, a big story, a big impact on um, just 
society overall, particularly uh, in China, as they deal with this. The question yeah. is, you know, the, the lack of transparency is always a concern mm -hmm. because you actually don't know whether the virus is being contained or, yeah. or it's it's very the information leaks are, are very difficult because you just don't you can't get transparency to it. So yeah, I mean, we we get probably the same information, right? Uh, so <laughs> well, the Chinese government has <laughs> is not a transparent government. And so yeah, it's it's, it's, it's very difficult because you really don't know what's actually uh, happening. It is, you know, <laughs> some say that uh, the number of infections could be tenfold what mm -hmm. they report. So that that could be worrying. Uh, what we know is that uh, in the Netherlands we haven't had uh, one single uh, infection yet. Mm -hmm. We have it in our neighboring countries. But uh, yeah, it's probably a matter of time. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're just uh, watching the news closely. Some say it's already uh, you know, declining. So that will be great news. So we can focus on other things again, on Brexit, for example. Um, uh, but yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, the Porter Water Dam, I got to tour it. It's a fully, auto well, it's not fully automated. It was interesting because they've created inside the gate or the fence full automation. And in fact, the, uh, the, the gentleman who uh, gave me the tour described that if you went behind the fence, that the, uh, the trucks that were in there would not know I was there and they would run me over. They just don't have any concept of it because it's a closed loop. So did you try it or? Uh, no, I did okay. not try to okay. jump the okay. fence. Try I didn't think time. that was, uh, my wife uh, would not have appreciated that. No. Maybe she would have some days, but not that day. Um, I, I'm curious, uh, there was a conversation about a lot of tension when they, a lot of concern yeah. when they first made an automated port. Mm -hmm. What has been the resolution of that? Is that is there now a, a lot of comfort with the automation that's taking place and the yeah. level of automation? Or, well, I, I guess we're one of the pioneers in that field. So uh, we've we've had it for quite a while, and um, it was an interesting project. But it's uh, we we did it in, in several steps. So we started with the automated guided vehicles, uh, drive by wire, um, that. Uh, now we wouldn't say it's it's very high tech, but for the day it was incredible, mm -hmm. and it really helped uh, making it more efficient. Um, I, I don't think there was a lot of concern in terms of loss of jobs, for example, mm -hmm. uh, because there were plenty of jobs in the ports, in the whole port complex. It supports hundreds of thousands of jobs, so it was just a way to make things more efficient. And we have a limited space, so making sure it is really efficient is high is top priority. So the newest uh, uh, terminals, they are even more automated. Mm -hmm. So there won't be anyone on the whole terminal. Mm -hmm. You just have this control room where a couple of guys are looking at the screen, seeing if everything's working okay. And it's the only way to get those largest vessels in and out as quickly as they do. I mean, it's 24,000 TEUs that you uh, need to do in- Massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, you have to get that in and out super quickly. You have to get it on the barges. We use barges to get it inland. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's it's a, it's a different setup than uh, than you would see here, and uh, it's it's really working. So if you look at the efficiency of the port, uh, it's it's really top notch. Yeah, the 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 amount of freight that moves on barges versus the U.S. is yeah. uh, a lot of container on barges, which was was really interesting to see. Um, what is top of mind for your visit here in the United States? What is the goal of you coming to the U.S. and and building the bridges? Yeah, so this time around, uh, I'll, I'll be heading to Florida after this and uh, meeting with. 
with, uh, with ex exporting companies that are either new to Europe and, and need to be educated on how, how it works, how does importing work, what are the preferences of your European customers and how you, can you meet those, uh, what's a sensible logistics setup, how does the value-added tax work that we have in Europe, which is a bit of a beast. So um, those companies, they, they have a lot of questions when they start operations in Europe or optimize that. So that's uh, that's what I do. I, I speak to those companies and uh, and and uh, hopefully can I can help them with a logistics solution in the Netherlands. So in the end, I hope to uh, to come back uh, home with uh, with a couple of companies that I can ma match in our council. So uh, we get more business out of it, and those companies are helped uh, as well. So we work a lot with um, uh, not not non-profit uh, type of organizations here, uh, trade promotion, uh, the Department of Commerce in the U.S. They all know which companies are making that move or are growing in Europe and want to be more efficient and we can help them with their supply chain questions so they can focus on sales, marketing, everything else that they're really good at, supply chain and logistics, we feel should be left to the specialists, and especially mm -hmm. because Europe is so different from, from the U.S. Yeah, especially with everything going on, whether it's trade policy, Brexit, the uh, impact of the coronavirus, all of this is a big top of mind. You need logistics professionals that understand it, and, and you exactly. can bridge the gap and bring them into the folks that understand these particular issues that are, are taking place. Exactly. I only, I only know so much, and there are so, different, so many different types of products, right? Uh, so the medical device uh, supply chain is completely different from the cut flour or mm -hmm. agri-food or, or uh, consumer electronics. Um, but in our council, and that's, that's exactly what I and my, uh, my colleagues, we, have, we are only with 10 people, uh, but our council is 300 companies. So there's a wealth of knowledge and, and uh, capabilities in that council. And we really are that man in between to, to make those right connections. Well, Sam, thank you for coming on today. Uh, really appreciate you coming to Chattanooga, uh, uh, direct from Holland. Uh, check us out on social media. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe and like Freightways.com as well as uh, get our TV app. It's on the Apple Store, it's on the Android Play Store, as well as on Apple TV. You can also watch Freightways TV directly on Freightways.com. Uh, be sure to tune in daily uh, to our live stream. Also, don't forget that Freightways Live is coming up in Atlanta on May 5th and 6th. It is the Freight Tech party of the year. Get your tickets if you don't have them already.